Hello, we're here with Imperfect Parenting Podcast. This is the first time that we are without Seth. This is it. Here we go. And we're starting a weekly show. I know. Which is kind of crazy. It's kind of a big deal. I'm honored. We miss Seth, but I get to sit with you. You do. Often. Often. (laughs) (laughs) All the time. This is great. So not just we see each other more than the podcast, but we do. We're going to meet here every week. And we're going to talk about more imperfect parenting stuff. So you got the first episode with mm-hmm. Seth. Everybody did. And if you didn't, uh-huh. you should go back and listen to yes, it. Yes, you should. But we changed the name. Mm-hmm. So it's not called Coffee Kids and Crazy anymore, um, which is really hard for everyone to get over. I think I keep calling it that. We had three seasons. Um, I also think it's funny. I'm pretty sure that if you were to look at the history of this podcast, I have changed it almost every season. It's beautiful. It's just... <laughs> Your high need for change of variety is so yes, excited. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe season two and three were the same I added Seth. Derek got it started with you. He Seth did. jumped in. Yeah. And then you added me and Seth. Or yeah. kept Seth out of me. Yeah. That's was just kind of... We're changing it up. So, but now we've got lots and lots of things to, well, to just, say. Just to belabor that point for a second, uh-huh. this feels like parenting, right? Like every stage is a little bit different. We just <laughs> don't know what to expect. We have to adjust quickly. <laughs> you better be ready for it because it's coming. <laughs> there we go. But Imperfect Parenting, we we changed the name, we changed the set, we've changed the, I guess, design a little bit mm-hmm. um, because my book. You, you wrote a book. I wrote a book. So exciting. So my book comes out Mother's Day. Um, I'm so excited. It is, uh, it's really our story in a lot of ways, but it's, I'm, I'm excited. Well, one of the things that you just said the word story just reminds me when I think about your book is one of the things you've become really good at mm-hmm. and you have for a long time is telling stories. Yeah. And this book is just full of stories, which I think is often the, the best teacher. You know, because this—that's what the book's for, right? Well, Jesus really likes stories, so I Jesus thought, you know, likes stories. I'll be like him in that. Yeah. WWJD. Mm-hmm. That's exactly. that's what we're doing today. <laughs> All right, <laughs> in go our ahead. Parenting. Move on. Uh, so we're keeping with the theme of having memes. We were going to just have it with Seth, but Ben really loves it, so we decided I, to keep it. I just like to laugh. <laughs> Every time I get to laugh, they, so do you. That's true. Uh, this one I actually already posted, but uh, it's. Funny, so it's it's worth doing it again. Mm-hmm. So you can read. Let me read it. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. You're the meme man. Since remember? you set me up, you're the. We meme did say man. that in one of the episodes. You're the meme, meme. man in my life. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> this starts falling apart here. Uh, here it is. I thought raising a child was the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life until I had two of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Became greatly outnumbered, and all the parents said, "Mm-hmm." Yeah, I, I don't. Was it going from two. To three or one to two harder for you? I think one to two for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, and we had a bit of a break in there too. We definitely did. Uh, part about I stories. Was, I was young and I thought, what in the world is this child? She's I was getting exhausted. 21, you were 20, just 20 when Barely. she was born. I was one month into 20. Yeah. So my brothers told everybody I was a teen pregnancy because they thought it was really funny, even though we had been married for a year. Um, what was kind of funny too is I think I mean Adeline our second mm-hmm. did help us a lot she was very different baby and taller than, than Delaney it's true but Delaney she I was a different man in those first four years with her because mm-hmm. she required me to grow up a little bit <laughs> yeah challenged me took me to the mat 
Absolutely. And then Adeline came along and, wow, you're a very different baby. <laughs> it's true. Which is kind of what we're going to be talking about because yep. it's my book. We're going to talk a lot about my book uh, this month. Uh, we've got some really fun things happening. So imperfectparenting.co, if you haven't visited it, that's where you would go. Um, we've got an event happening. We have a book happening. Again, go there to check out more information. But Imperfect Parenting, Connection Over Perfection yep. is really the heart of the book. I think it's, uh, I mean, it's this, the subtitle does clarify so much of what the book's chasing after. But I thought it'd be fun for our listeners to kind of have a little bit of the story of us because that is in the book. And, um, and, and, that, and that struggle with perfectionism is in there. I don't know that your your struggle with perfectionism probably looks much different than mine, so you could share that. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so quick kind of intro before we get into the nitty-gritty of uh, babies having babies because that's what we were. Uh, we met when we were 14 and 15. Yep. We started um, liking each other. You left, went back to Australia. I stayed in America. There's a key piece right here. Okay. That I called you up. Uh-huh. Brittany doesn't remember this part. I just want our listeners to know that. Mm-hmm. Doesn't I don't remember, remember this this important detail. Mm-hmm. I do. You do. I don't remember everything, but this one I do. Okay. Uh, I called her and I said, I think I'm going to marry you one day. And I actually felt like I heard this this thing in my spirit. I didn't know what it was. I thought it was hormones on the flight it, over. It probably well, was that, hormones it was, in the Holy Spirit. It was in hormones in the Holy Spirit. That's what you teenagers have right now. <laughs> But yeah, I heard this thing. You're going to meet your wife in America. And I thought, that's. I hope I do because I'm 15. <laughs> and, uh, like every 15 exactly. year old ever says that. Uh, but yeah, so I, I called you up and told you that. I don't remember that. It happened. I, I believe you. I just don't remember. So 15 and 14. Yep. Fast forward. I we came s- back. We were dating, kind of, liked each other, talked mm-hmm. on the phone. I walked away from the Lord. I came, you decided to come visit came back when you were 17, I was 16, uh, came back into my life, radical moment, uh, came back to the Lord, we started dating, you went back to Australia, then I went and found you, <laughs> I went and met I your once family. Was lost. No, I went and met your family when I was 17, I flew over there, and then you guys all moved to the States to do Bethel School Supernatural Ministry, yep. which is crazy because our daughter just got accepted into that. 21 years later. I know. She's going to be 18 this summer. Goodness. Wild. Um, And then you did first year. I graduated high school. Day before I turned 18, Ben proposes to me. Wild. I know. You know, I I rode my roommate's bike Uh to the nearest Starbucks and met your parents because I didn't have any money. I didn't have a job. I couldn't work legally. Yep. Didn't have a car. Uh And I sat with your parents and said, I would like to marry your daughter. (laughs) And they said yes. They did say yes. <laughs> They're crazy. And they're like, wow. Uh, All right, here we go. So uh, then we got married, and about three months later, started our journey. So in in the book, kind of this telling of our story, there's some more details I missed. But a lot of kind of our battle in the beginning of parenting, we got married one year anniversary, next month I find out I'm pregnant. Mm-hmm. So we we really expedited this let's become parents thing. <laughs> we said three to five years, and the Lord was like, how about one? Yeah, yeah. So something like that. Okay. So uh, Delaney, practice child number one, 
I think Becky Johnson calls it the first pancake. <laughs> don't, <laughs> I don't like calling it. We're learning. Because I think first pancake was like real rough, <laughs> but I get what you're saying here. Uh, but I, I, in that dynamic, um, you know, the fun thing about having you on here is we're going to have a lot of marriage mm-hmm. kind of stuff that'll throw out in this and, and really the partnership of parenting together and being married. And we battled a lot with figuring out this connection piece. Yeah. That was probably the hardest thing for us in the beginning of our parenting journey was how do we stay connected and <laughs> connected enough to parent that little child right there because I was really scared. I was struggling with a lot of things, and so I had a lot of control trying to come in for me, which I don't know what you would say would be your big battle in that season. Yeah, you know, I I, I think – there's probably lots, lots of places to go because there was lots of battles that that, that I've been, I was fighting and, and probably still am, some of them. Uh, but the big thing for me was it was my job to keep people happy mm. and it was my job to be okay. So I, I, I couldn't not be okay. So I had these things inside me which looked like um, I didn't share problems, I, I didn't really let you in, mm-hmm. and then I just get passive when confrontation, conflict, hard conversations come up Mm-hmm. I just disengage. Which I do the opposite. So when I'm scared <laughs> or I'm feeling alone, I bring more and more conflict and more and more intensity. So uh, that was a huge problem that started in our home. Yep. And then immediately we were pretty much parents trying to figure out how do we stay connected in this process. Um, and it wasn't, we weren't very successful at it. So it wasn't until really Adeline kind of mm-hmm. disrupted the scene. Um <laughs> The joke is we were not really connected, so we don't know how. We're having a hard time. Yeah. Um, but in the the search and this need for, you know, trying to become a connected front, that's when um, you started showing up in a different capacity um, and really confronting me, which oddly enough, you – displaying boundaries helped me feel safer, yep. which then I respected you more. Mm-hmm. And in turn, that that changed the dynamic with Delaney, which I think you should talk about a little bit because that piece is always funny to me. Most people don't, they don't understand how you setting a boundary with this high D <laughs> command strength finders, number one, one on the Enneagram, somehow produced me feeling safe and then respecting you. Right. Which <clears throat> it's true. It's it's a confusing thought when confrontation and yeah, that that whole world typically means disconnection mm-hmm. and, and disrespect. That's usually what shows up. So that that was my belief is if I actually challenge this this lady that I I love and my wife that I've chosen and actually show up, it's probably just going to cause disconnection. I'm going to get hurt and. How does this help? There's a few defining moments. The one I'm thinking about right now as we're talking is I remember sitting with your dad and the the consistent cycle we're in is you have a need and so do I. But what happened is you would put your need on the table and I would go, oh, yours is bigger, shinier, more important. I'll take my need off the table. Mm -hmm. And he, he would say, Ben, you need to keep your need on the table. It doesn't have to be the same as Brittany's. Actually, it won't be. Yeah. But you need to leave it on the table. So when she says, well, I see that need, it's cute, but mine's more important. I'm not sure if you're using those words, but this was the experience. Yeah. And 
what those conversations did for me, I remember sitting in his office actually having this conversation. I can see the, you know, it's just one of those defining moments. Do you remember his old office? It was so dark yeah. in Reading. Yeah. The darkest office. <laughs> Probably because people were always crying. It was a counseling office. It was. And tissues and yeah. changing people's lives like mine. So he, uh, we're having this conversation and it just revealed again, this is not going to change if, if I don't change. Mm-hmm. And so me showing up and it's not, not some demanding presence or you have to do something. It's you're important. And so am I. Mm-hmm. And so my, my voice needs to matter in this conversation. Yeah. My, my opinion, my thoughts and my needs and emotions have to matter in this conversation. But it's not even, not even that you're selfish, not even that Brittany's selfish and trying to be mean. Yeah. It's that you, you just have figured that out for yourself. Yours does matter. Yours is important. Mm-hmm. And if I, don't, if I don't show up and do that for myself, you just keep moving. Mm-hmm. So I have to say, hey, yours matters and so does mine. Mm-hmm. So the way that we often say it, it started is in the car. Oh, yes. Which I share this in my book. Yeah. It's a fun story. So I'll let you just... Maybe they have to go get the book. Get the, the book? Yeah. <laughs> so start in the car. <laughs> it is start in go the car. Go by the book. Hey, it's Brittany here. I'm normally on the Kylo Show, yes, but I wrote a book. I wrote a book for parents, but I talk a lot about moms. So if you're listening to this and you're a mom who's frustrated, who feels like you're failing, who feels hopeless in this game of parenting that we're in, I want to invite you to read my book. It comes out Mother's Day this year, and I picked that day on purpose. Because I know that church is attended the most on Mother's Day. And I've met with so many moms out there that want to do this well. And so do I, which is why I wrote this book. I know that connection is the goal and perfection just gets in the way. So if that's you, mom, buy yourself this gift on Mother's Day. It's going to be worth it. So I hope that you feel blessed and encouraged by my new book, Imperfect Parenting. You can find it at imperfectparenting.co. I mean, what I'm hearing you say is you are starting to confront your own insecurities exactly. and things. And my insecurities in response to that, my part of the cycle was um, I would put all the needs on the table, which typically my needs, and I, I think this still happens for us, is my needs are they look bigger or louder because they're usually got three children attached to them. <laughs> I just told someone the other day that I'm trying to practice Q1 and or Q2 and Q1 and not live in Q1. But last night I, I'm in bed. My It's dark. I'm going to bed. And our daughter comes home at 10 at p.m. and says, can I turn on the light? I'm thinking, no. I should have said no. But I said, okay, because I haven't seen her all day. And then she's on the floor looking at me. And then the next thing I know is the other two. One, out of nowhere, Adeline is literally spooning me in bed. I'm like, this is how. You are their favorite. I just, they just all crawl in. And I think I treasure these moments because they're about to be gone. But I wanted to go to sleep. But I just think that that's how my needs show up as often, which is why they feel so loud. Yep. Because, and I, I think this is a common experience for a lot of husbands is that, you know, the wife has all the the kids in tow. And so my insecurity of having a need and not feeling like it's being met was, okay, well, I'll do it myself, which then just compound this fear and confirming belief that I'm failing because I can't do it perfect. I'm 
drowning in all these other areas, my health, my mental state. I mean, all these things were just drowning because I had this goal of trying to be a, the perfect version of this, yep. you know. And um, and then in that, I felt like I was failing as a wife. So we just had this dynamic cycle of awful. It was going awful. Yep. And um, but But it's all about when you finally confronted your fears and insecurities, all of a sudden I felt release and then I'm like, oh, I'm, I have more capacity to confront mine, which is it's awesome. a really powerful display of you leading our home mm-hmm. is your ability to lean into that space and go, I want to cover you, I want to protect you, which means I'm going to have to raise the bar. And, and there's often a reason why we haven't. I mean, we usually know what's going on there. We usually mm-hmm. feel it and see it. But I don't want to confront that thing because mm-hmm. it's going to be painful. It's going to require work. It's going to require me looking at places in my heart, my life that I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it does take courage and it takes help. I mean, you need to find people around you. I mean, you've, you've been that place for me in, in, in many, many ways, just our conversations and us, our process. And then your dad, Banning Leapshire. And, and the list goes on. There's been lots of people that have actually helped me through this stuff. Mm-hmm. But me actually going to get some strength and some healing so I can bring back a different equation. Yeah. And and, and really confronting kind of, uh, you know, we grew up in very different, different but similar homes, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, maybe different timelines to things as far as what our parents brought. And um, I think my, my we were all just on the Kylo show together not very long ago. And I, I think we opened with, we're going to talk about imperfect parenting because the book's coming on. And my dad says something like, you're the other half of the imperfect parenting. And my mom's like, we're the source of it. You know, it's just kind of this <laughs> joke. And it is funny. But, it, you know, that's that's real. You know, we have these these insecurities or these belief systems that come in from our own parenting wounds. And, um, and if we don't confront them, if we don't change them, we just recreate that cycle in the next generation and uh i mean the goal is always that you're getting better but if you if you don't you're not willing to do the work or look at it and sometimes i feel like it kind of comes in slightly different like i would say my upbringing my mom and i both agree my early years teen years tween years whatever we just yelled at each other lots of yelling i don't know if you had lots of yelling in your house but we had lots of yelling in our Enough. house. <clears throat> Delaney, none of our kids are high Ds, so none of them quite went to battle with me like I did with my mom. She always jokes that I came out telling her what's up, so I'm sure that's true. <laughs> but there, so there wasn't as much yelling in in the next wave of the generation. But I think that same level of fear of trying to be perfect and trying to be better than the last one. Definitely translated. Yep. So. Yeah, I, I think that's been a conversation with Delaney especially, and, and all of them in different ways. But again, the first pancake or practice child number one is... <laughs> We're always <laughs> apologizing. <laughs> you know, she she's had this, uh, I don't want to disappoint you, mm-hmm. that's often caused her to freeze and, and stop and, mm-hmm. and just be so afraid that she's afraid to even move. Yeah. And there's been this consistent, really, discipleship with our children of... You can stay there if you want. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want you to. Yeah. And there is a different way to do it. Mm-hmm. And part of this is, you know, we have we have trained you some 
and we're working ourselves out of this, so mm-hmm. please come with us. Yeah. Come follow us. I, I said somewhere not too long ago, I was her and I were talking about something that I do that I want to not do. And she goes, oh, I do that. And I thought, <laughs> oh, good. I, I passed this on and I didn't want to pass it on. And that's the reality of there's there's going to be lots of things that she's going to have to go and battle. Yeah. Um, she's wired like me, but not, you know, there's, and, but the creating a culture where we're talking about, okay, the goal is to be connected. The goal is not to be perfect. Yeah. And um, she thinks that I am perfect. I think it's just because I'm slightly more organized than she is. <laughs> I think that's what she's, <laughs> her definition of perfection perfect. is, is organized. Um, but, you know, I I do feel like we've, we've done a good job of trying to um, burst the bubble of, mm-hmm. all right, we're not looking for perfect. And I, I think the perfect piece is so connected. We've already said this a little bit, but so connected to fear. Because mm-hmm. I talk to parents, even lately, it feels like I have, I've had lots of conversations with parents where they're so afraid of even their own insecurities and dysfunctions they're bringing with them. It's mm-hmm. going to create a mess in their own kids. Yeah. And so I just live with this fear that I'm going to make a mistake. So I have to have to do my best to be perfect. And I have to I have to address every single little thing. Yeah. And uh, it actually takes away from the whole point of this book. The connection over perfection, mm-hmm. that's hard to feel connected when perfect really is the goal for me and for my child. Because mm-hmm. if you make a mistake, you're scaring me. Yeah. Because you're actually going down the wrong path when you're when you're four years old. Mm-hmm. Well. And sometimes the word perfect is someone goes, oh, I don't think that's me. Well, I, change the word mm-hmm. to controlled or structure or... Um, you know, I, I wouldn't say peace. I think peace is a good goal, but I think if if we are overriding our ability to be aware of the needs going on in our home and the connection levels in which we have to pull on for influence, then I I think that we've missed the target. Well, I and I think the other side, the perfect, really is that I'm not perfect, mm-hmm. which is what you talk about in there. And go get the book. We'll keep saying that. But the you know, I'm I'm not perfect. I'm missing the mark. I'm I'm behind in my parenting. I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. Like there's this internal thing that so many parents deal with, which is real and it's it's exhausting and it's tiring. Mm-hmm. So when the when the goal changes to I want my child to be convinced that I'm I'm crazy about you. Mm-hmm. I have deep value for you. If we can get that across, then we can work on other stuff later mm-hmm. because we need a highway of influence. Yeah. To actually actually address this stuff that I'm I'm seeing or scared of, yeah. But without the highway of influence, yeah, we're just stuck in this in this mess. Yeah, and I think a question that came up um, that we'll respond to that we had that we just walked through that I think fits in your analogy and and really choosing connection over perfection is we just talked to this mom talking about their 15 year old that she's catching an act of porn, you know, and she's just freaking out like yeah. oh uh, you know it's not first time but you know she doesn't obviously want this to be happening and she's scared of the outcome that it could produce if this is a continued behavior and and she wants to address it but they've they've got a low connection level right now yeah and our feedback because we were in this together is you know you have to increase the connection level if you're going to go in to do any 
real heart work. And I, and so often that's the part where we miss, which is why I want to emphasize connection over perfection because we miss the heart work when we're searching for, I want to control this to feel safe, for me to feel better, for me to not be worried about, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm scared you're going to hurt yourself. I'm scared you're going to develop this really horrible habit. I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. So mm-hmm. I live in afraid and I'm trying to perfect an outcome, which typically drives them further away rather than closer. So, you know, in in this question this mom had is like, when do I address it? And do I address address it now? And, you know, we both were on the same page, but it was, if you don't have high levels of connection, then going in to try and attack a a heart issue, there's, there's a need this young man has, and he's getting it somewhere else, getting that need met through this, I don't know that you've got that access. Right. And and you've got to be willing to do the work of connection to be able to go in and then have those conversations. Because yeah. it's probably going to feel like control. Yeah. It's probably going to feel like you're trying to make me more like you, mm-hmm. trying to make me be perfect. or Because there's this, in, in this kid, we've done this enough and we've been through it in different ways, there's this kid who has this broken spot mm-hmm. and he found a solution. It's yeah. not a good one. Yeah. But it's a solution to solve his problem right now. But the the biggest problem, and your dad says this all the time, and he's he's the uh, the champion of connection. Let's call him that. He has a cape and <laughs> but he really is. He just says that the biggest problem in your home is disconnection. Yeah. And so go solve that problem first. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna talk a lot more about the book and I'm excited. And Babies having babies. We were babies having babies. <laughs> and I'm so glad that we Kept choosing connection over perfection because it worked out well for us. But all right. Well, we'll see you guys next week and uh, have a great week.